got an idea for a little game for you, Richie. Oh, wait, love a game, love a game. Love I'm going to play a TV theme tune on my stomach and see if you can guess what it is. Go for it. Here we go. TV theme tune on my tummy. Three, two, one. Crime Watch. It is absolutely well done. <laughs> well done, cracking. That's so good. Producer Adam's hand went up in the air. He was going to buzz in to take the prize if he'd not got it. I was going to say A-team. Oh, no, he was going to wow. get it wrong. He was going to get it um, wrong. I haven't got a tune in my mind, but can you give me, like, eight seconds to come up with one because I want to play the game now. Go on, do it, do it. Oh, my goodness. OK. Um, He's gone to the wall. It's a bit like Dragon's Den. He's gone to the wall. I can't, I can't think with noise. OK, OK. And, yeah. Also, you need quite a good sense of uh, rhythm, which I, I would say quite an innate drummer. Obviously, Richie's boasted quite a bit about being grade five um, piano and grade three trumpet, but... Yeah. OK, I'm going to move the microphone to my gut. OK. There it goes. There it goes. Okay. TV theme tune on your tummy. I'm going to take my headphones out. Wow, he's really getting into this. Because <laughs> the lead gets in the way. Okay. TV theme tune on your tummy. Here we go. Is it the one show? No. Oh, producer Adem. Match of the day. Yes! Match yes. of the day. Let's hear that one more time just so no, we... Oh, God, stinging <laughs> gut right now. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile. Every little helps. Final hour of the no repeat guarantee, nine to five. Nothing repeated while you listen at work. This is Home Time. Hey, good to have you on board on this Tuesday night. I don't know how your evenings normally pan out, but can I let you into what normally happens to me a couple of nights during the week? Mm. Uh, get home after the show, sit down, have me tea, and my other half, Katie, watches EastEnders on catch-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I sit there and eat me tea and moan all the way through it. <laughs> and I kind of hate myself for it, to be honest with you. But do you know what? I, I genuinely believe... I, I mean, I watched EastEnders right from when it started. I remember the very first episode. Dr. Leg. Uh, Dr. Ali Osman breaking yeah. through a door to rescue that fellow or whatever, or wasting the time rescuing him because the guy was dead. Were, yeah. uh, but either way, I believe EastEnders now has reached saturation point where uh, each house on the square is jam-packed with peripheral characters. They can't move. <laughs> it's like a departure lounge. Uh, everyone's either in prison or in hospital. And I just think it's had a, it's had a good run, hasn't it? It's had a very good run. How long has it been going on for now, EastEnders? Oh, you're looking easily 30 years, surely. 30 years. Well, it's had a, it's had a cracking run. Maybe, and I just want to put this out there, maybe it's time to knock it on the head. <laughs> so I would like, at this point, at the very beginning of tonight's show, I would like to wheel in the idea or introduce the idea of the EastEnders Apocalypse. <laughs> Hear me out here. What so the, the challenge for everyone listening right now and yourself, Richie, is what one plot line would wrap up EastEnders in one spectacular concluding episode? <laughs> what a way to go out. You know, they're always looking for that one big hit. Yeah. Well, go out on a high. One big episode to end it all. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you've got to come up with an apocalypse yep. that can still be screened at 7:30. This is the problem, it's watershed, isn't it? Pre-watershed. Is an idea. Go on. A sinkhole opens up on the allotments. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has moved from our square due to subsidence fears. So there you go. You've got a brilliant bit of CGI with sinkhole and you yeah. get people moved on to adjacent boroughs rather than them all going down it. Exactly. Have them all going down it, Richard. They're, 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 <laughs> what about that? They're all staring down it and then they move away safely and everyone has to move due to structural worries of the, of the square, move to other boroughs. Okay. The square just gets reclaimed by wildlife. Right, so your, your idea for EastEnders Apocalypse is a subsidence story that takes... Sinkhole, yeah. Sinkhole a, yeah. takes two or three weeks to come to fruition. What, people sending photos of pound 
coin-sized cracks yeah, in you might walls. Yeah, you might have. They might go in the Queen Vic and someone goes, oh, crack in my ceiling. <laughs> Who'd have thought? And, you know, you're building up for three weeks of crack stories and then suddenly a sinkhole. Not quite the finale I was thinking about, but I appreciate you getting involved. <laughs> if you have an idea for EastEnders Apocalypse, what one plot line could wrap up EastEnders in one spectacular episode, tell us now, 8, 12, 15. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Absolute Radio. It's one Hometime show. It's seven playlists that you can listen to across the Absolute Radio app that you can download for free. It's home time with Bush and Ritchie. It's fair to say very few other radio shows are doing EastEnders Apocalypse at this time of the evening. Uh, we're asking you what one plot line would wrap up EastEnders in one spectacular concluding episode. It's had a good run. I feel like the, the Albert Square's just clogged up with characters that have bit parts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sat in rooms just waiting to get their chance. Let's just let's just get rid of it and do, do away with it in one episode. But what is the plot? Now, a nameless text has come in uh, taking my idea of the sinkhole, which I, I do feel like you poo-pooed a little bit. Well, it was subsidence. You're, you're, you're claiming sinkhole, but mainly it was subsidence. It is, it is mainly subsidence. <laughs> Uh, Saying, would the sinkhole be called Albert Circle? I like, do you know what I like that? Shout. If you're willing to allow a couple of, of bit part characters to go down the sinkhole <laughs> as it opens up, maybe Honey, you know that woman who works in the shop, just to take a few with them. It's still got to be before eight, mate. It's oh, a, water, a pre-watershed show. Uh, Derek says, how about a Jumanji-style stampede <laughs> through the square? Destroys all the buildings. Uh, Craig, the bored fridge engineer in Wolverhampton, says, uh, Doc Cotton spontaneously combusts in the middle of the Queen Vic, uh, which, of course, we we're talking about whatever happened to spontaneous human combustion on last night's yeah. show. Uh, Rob from Stoke says, uh, because it's got to be pre-watershed, HS2 gets rerouted through Wolford and all, all the houses are bought up due to compulsory purchase. I see a particular vein that you're going down, Richie, with your idea of an apocalypse. 8, 12, 15 to get involved. Full time with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile, find the phone you truly love and lower your monthly bill with club card vouchers. Now worth double. Tesco Mobile. Every little helps. Terms and conditions apply. Colin in Rice-Slip, he's honest. He says, look, guys, I don't have a storyline, but I do have a title for the last episode, and that is East Ended. That's perfect. Very good, Colin. Could be an hour-long special or something. <laughs> uh, Bruce from Bristol says, catastrophic explosion in the laundrette caused by Doc Cotton accidentally loading the machines with petrol instead of washing fluid and lighting up a fag. Uh, Simon and Epping says, EastEnders, the ISS, the International Space Station, crashes into the square. Emmerdale had the plane crash. Corrie had the train crash. It's the next level. Very good point. Uh, Dan says, what about Walford Hunger Games? One character, one weapon, 25 feet apart. Let's see what happens. Broadcast it nationally. Uh, right, Loz is uh, hanging on to Chatsworth. What's your final episode then, Loz? Well, I just thought it would be great to find out there's an uh, ancient burial site. Mm-hmm. And um, and because of this, obviously, there's lots of bad things going on, which EastEnders is always full of. Yep. Yep. Um, so we could, we could, I think we could level the whole place. And if we want to go right back to when uh, maybe Dirty Dim was on the way, um, you could even um, put some daffodils in afterwards. <laughs> Lovely. So you're going down the kind of shining route, because the story of the shining by Stephen King was that it was built on an Indian yeah, burial where ground. We are, yeah, the shine, that sort of thing, yeah, that's where we are, yeah. Where, where would the site of the actual burial mound be, do you think, within the EastEnders uh, universe? I think it's got to be on... Probably got to be on the Queen Vic, hasn't it? Yeah, that's a good point. But, Loz, I love the little touch, the little touch there of the daffodils as well. I think the fans <laughs> would love that nod to Dirty Den. <laughs> well, I think he's a, he's a bit of a hero, isn't he, of, of the day, you know, and then... Uh, the anti-villain. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, and he is actually buried under, I believe, now as well. Not that I've watched it recently, but I think he did get buried there as well. He yeah. is. He is. This, this is all tying together. This is a bit of CGI. We'll have this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute radio. They are.
asked for a podcast, we told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Uh, Marty McFly and Doc Brown arrive in the old dead man's flat from the first ever episode. Yeah. Remove the body before anybody arrives, thus making the first ever scene fairly uneventful. Yeah. Viewing figures plummet. EastEnders is cancelled after just eight episodes in 1985. So it's like a quantum leap type thing, slide indoors moment. That is a text that is genius and has no name attached to it. Oh, they're missing out. I know, missing out on the credit. That's a brilliant idea. Because that means Ali Osman would have broken into some old fella's house. What are we doing? <laughs> exactly. Ali, get out, I'm fine. Uh, this one here from Mick and Crew says, I think there's a subplot to Richie's sinkhole. Oh, ah, right, yes. Richie suggested uh, a sinkhole and then subsidence. Subsidence in all the houses. Uh, he suggested three weeks of crack storylines in the build-up to a disaster. And to be honest, that does sound like a big build-up to one almighty drug war shootout in the square. 8, 12, 15 for your text. Absolute Radio. £50,000 shared out amongst all the uh, the cast members. Like a payoff, a final payoff. <laughs> yeah, Ian Bill. That way. What's Ian Bill's real name again? What's his name? Adam. Adam Woodyat. Adam, yeah. thanks for being Ian all these years. Unfortunately, because of a sinkhole, you're not going to be in the show anymore, but it's 20 grand. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, right, look, how can you win £50,000 on Friday? Well, you can do it by one text. Uh, that's got to be sent to 8.12.15. All the text needs to have in it is the word win. So don't don't be creative. Don't know. Don't, don't write about. war and peace. Don't say thank you or please. Absolutely, radio. Just put win in a text to eight twelve fifteen. That's all you need to do. And then Dave Berry could be calling you back on Friday's breakfast show just after nine o'clock. Fifty grand, your bank account this weekend. The Absolute Radio. Ollie from Oxfordshire says, East End's Apocalypse Idea. Uh, a medium does a seance in the pub and the square becomes haunted with the ghosts of all the characters that have been killed off. <laughs> what about that? Nick Conn could appear. Uh, Timbo in Northants uh, is suggesting an idea I quite like um, because it's actually, I guess it's a happy ending. They all win the postcode lottery. Oh. And the whole square then moves to Benidorm. Oh, my God, and they could kind of pick up where El Dorado left off. They could even take the set. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> That'd be great. One kind of extended EastEnders Abroad episode. An impression for the kids there. One for the kids. Phil Mitchell discovers the Infinity Gauntlet and finger snaps them out of existence, says Chris in Stourbridge. <laughs> oh, we've got Adam on the line. Adam, what is your EastEnders Apocalypse idea? I think the best way to do is the trap door opens up Right. And it's just all been a reality show, and the cast are asked to just leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Adam, so it's like Truman Show style. Truman Show style, yeah. All right. You could have been into the wall if you wanted to, but I think um, just, uh, yeah, just a trapdoor open, say. <laughs> So the main bit of your whole uh, narrative construct for the EastEnders apocalypse is is a trapdoor. Where where is the door going to be? It's right next to Arthur's bench, surely. <laughs> <laughs> He's sort of everything, this fella. Oh, it's brilliant. And just someone's coming through from that outside world, going, guys. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you just just come out now if you want. Yeah, there's cameras everywhere. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Bush and Richie here. This is our Hometime Show. It's a Tuesday night. And here on Hometime, we are the guardians of the British Transport Social Police. 
Now, a reminder about this task force that uh, Bush and I came up with uh, when we started this here home time show. Uh, obviously, appreciating the British Transport Police, got a busy job on their hands. They've got a lot going on. They haven't got time for some of the more social things that we should be looking out for on public transport. For example, stopping an accountant from eating crisps at nine o'clock in the morning next to you on the train on the way into work. They haven't got time to deal with that. Someone looking over your shoulder, reading your paper or your mobile phone or your tablet. Get your own. Exactly. Get your own, mate. So it's a constantly evolving constitution. Uh, you remember last week we actually uh, uh, put in about proximity. I think there was some very valuable uh, legislation was put in because of that conversation. Yeah, I think Wasn't so. Wasn't there? Now, on the way in today... Uh, and in fact, on the way home yesterday, uh, I think I've discovered something that we need to look at, and that is entertainment. Okay. Entertainment on transport premises. Let me explain. OK. I was walking um, back to my tube train yesterday and uh, passed a busker uh, that I'd seen for the first time. Uh, and I thought... Uh, I know <laughs> you where you're see, going you here. You see where I'm going here? Oh, yes. And, and look, I'll, I'll hold my hands up here. Grade five, Raw School of Music, piano. <laughs> Don't like to boast about it. Grade three, trumpet, all right? Musician of some standard. OK. And I thought to myself, he ain't very good. <laughs> what made you think he wasn't very good? Like, he just wasn't doing a good song or he was doing a bad version of it? Or... He was playing a plank, like a long plank, all right? It wasn't a guitar, he was playing a plank. <laughs> it had about nine <laughs> strings on it. And I thought to myself, that ain't a tune. It's not, it's not a tune. There's no tune there. And I thought, oh, well, maybe I'm doing him a disservice. He's tuning it up. So as I get to the, yeah. end, of the end of the tunnel, I'll find out and have a look. No, there's no tuning going on. It's just having a noodle. And I thought, no, this is rubbish. He's just playing a plank. But there were people giving money because they, 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 they saw this plank and thought, that's an interesting instrument. I remember in Bath City Centre, there used to be people stood there playing a saw. You know you can play a saw? <laughs> yeah. Is, it, is the plank the same kind of a thing? Pretty as much. A couple of days before that, about. there was a bloke playing the harp. Now, you don't see the harp often these days. No, you Right, but because I catch the same from the same station every time, what the people walking by don't realise is he's there probably about three times a week playing the same tune. Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. What a banger. He's got nothing else in his canon of work other than that one song. <laughs> so I think the British Transport Social Police wants to run some kind of Britain's Got Talent or X Factor style thing where the buskers actually have to pass a test. Some kind of audit just to see if they're just any an good audit. or not. I don't know. I could be wrong. So, uh, you know, I'm putting it out there. Is that something we need to look at? And also, this is coming at a time that they have the cheek to introduce Chip and Pin for donation, <laughs> yeah. these people. Yes. If you agree with this, maybe maybe you think they're all right and they should be left alone by the British Transport Social Police. Or that there's other things that we need to have in our constitution. Let us know. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. You said you were grade what in piano? Grade, grade five piano at grade three trumpet. Uh, grade three trumpet. Um, maybe we need to get them grading. Get yeah. Grade them out, see where they're at. Exactly. Grade two or above, anything less than grade two standard <laughs> you out. Uh, Emma says, now you mentioned, you mentioned this guy that had a plank, Yeah, right? he had a plank with about nine strings on and wasn't playing any discernible tune. Uh, Emma says, when I lived in Liverpool, I now live in Lincoln, there was a busker man who people knew as Plinky Plink Man, <laughs> as he had a crude cardboard cutout shape of a guitar they used to play while saying Plinky Plink Plink. He says, uh, she adds, the plank guy sounds pretty good now, eh? That's a good point. <laughs> now, do you know what? Here's the thing, right? <laughs> Obviously, if he's playing a cardboard guitar and actually going plinky, plinky, plink, he knows he ain't a musician. That's a fair point. But he's entertaining people. He is. So I reckon he might make it through my test. He can win the Edinburgh Festival for less than that. Uh, 8, 12, 15, what else should be part of our British Transport Social Police constitution? Home time with Bush and Richie. With Tesco Mobile. With Taylor.
tailored contracts that lower your monthly bill, it's easy to find a phone you'll truly love at Tesco Mobile. Every little helps. Terms and conditions apply. John says, as he texts in here, licenses are granted to street performers who pass the test in Wellingborough in Northamptonshire. So this, this all started with you talking about a guy that was playing a plank. <laughs> Is he, what, has he gone and done a test in front of a panel? Like X Factor? I, I, I can't believe that this bloke playing this plank of wood has passed can't any be. test whatsoever. Uh, we are mainly talking about entertainment tonight on the Tube and, and uh, other public transport, but we're, we're also open to any other suggestions of things that you think should be made uh, lawless. At any time. We're always open here at the uh, BTSP. Rich says, uh, tediously linked, but cars with eyelashes and or stickers that say powered by my fairy dust. <laughs> Definitely an offence. Whack it in the Constitution. Very much so. Uh, John, on the busking side of things, says that when he used to work in the Victoria area of London, there was a busker who would walk through the carriage of his district line tube every night playing David Gray's Babylon. (laughs) (laughs) This is it, right? If you're doing a one-off hit to somewhere, you get to see that one bit of entertainment. It's fine. Yeah. But you've seen it every night on the trip home. It can make you go mad. They need to have a little bit more of a canon of work. I think that's a a very polite way of putting it. Uh, Colin, you saw a good one the other day. Well, he was quite remarkable, actually. He was holding his baseball cap out in front of him, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought, oh, I wonder what he's singing, because he was using his voice. Right. Okay. There was no discernible words, but it was definitely a tune, and it was quite a familiar tune to me. So I was trying to establish what it was, so I stopped to listen, and it was the theme tune to Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Because my door's into Thomas the Tank Engine at the moment. There's a few different versions. Well, I'm a bluff old traditionalist. Well, Colin, and, if you're uh, anything like me, it's, yeah, the, the, the only Ringo one Star. is the Ringo Starr narrated era. It's the Ringo Starr one, Gotta yeah, be. exactly oh, that. Well, at least he was doing the back catalogue, then, <laughs> in that case. <laughs> Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. And we welcome once again, and I think it's fair to say, do we give this, this man friend of the show status, Richie? Definitely. It's Alex James <laughs> from Blur. Hey, guys, all right, cheers. Happy Wool Week. Oh. Is that how you greet someone during Wool Week? Absolutely. <laughs> I think I think it probably is, so Somebody very kindly sent sent me a link to uh, what you were saying about Woolwick yesterday, and I thought well, I've got to get I've got to get on the phone. Get involved. Saying like, poor Alex has picked a really bad week to to, to be talking about wool, <laughs> trying well, to get wool trending. Cause we were we, we were worried because there's so much other stuff going on. Arm, Armageddon time. Yeah, what's going to happen? <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've good tidings. I've, I've, well, I live I live on on a sheep farm in the Cotswolds, and I recently found a map of the of, of the village and surrounding area. And nothing has changed here for two hundred years. Like the village is exactly the same, and even the field boundaries are exactly the same. And there were sheep there were sheep grazing here in the sunshine two hundred years ago, and there will be in two hundred years time. We're safe, guys. There's not there's not too much to worry about. I promise. Now, Alex, can I ask a question? The scheduling of Wool Week um, yeah. in October. I would have mm. thought wool were more prevalent when it was being sheared off the sheep maybe in the spring um yeah well it's, it's sort of it's sort of summertime they, they get sheared Literally, right that was what made me first start thinking about wool because we, 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 i didn't know anything about sheep when we moved here um, and the first time we had to shear them it, 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 i couldn't i no, no one to buy the wool it's, it's kind of worth nothing yeah um and and and, and basically the the, the the, the, the wealth of the UK was basically built, built on wool at one time. It was kind of a globally traded commodity. Um, and so I sort of started looking into it. And the, the more you sort of discover about it, the more you realise it is actually like quite miraculous stuff. There's, there's, a, there's, a kind, there's a kind of parallel with food here. There's, there's, sort of, there's been lots of made in recent years about kids not knowing 
um, where bacon comes from and thinking cheese grows on trees and stuff. But um, have you been listening to our show again, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we kind of educated ourselves a bit there, but but actually we've we probably got no idea at all about where, where, where the clothes that we're wearing, well, like what they're made from, or where they come from, or how they happen, or anything actually. And and, and kind of the more you you, you you look into it, the more scary it's like like it's just, they're sort of calling it fast fashion. Um, the idea that mm-hmm. we can sort of it's, it's just clothes are really, really cheap to buy, but they don't. They don't last very long, and, and uh, a lot of them end up in landfill. You know, some of them don't even get worn. You know, that, that, that sort of thing of just going into a shop and splurge. Just clothes are so cheap. Do you know the bit that confused us on the show yesterday? Um, Richie happened to find a type of wool that came off a rabbit. Angora. Angora. What's yeah. all that Angora about? Angora wool. Well, what are rabbits doing getting involved in the whole wool thing? It's sheep, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of natural fibres, but, but wool's the kind of traditional one. Um, and, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, most of the clothes we buy today are kind of made from, from oil derivatives. I mean, it's quite scary when, yeah. when you start looking into it, actually. But because wool's a natural fibre, it, it kind of breathes, and, you know, we kind of tend to think of it as itchy. Uh, and and hard to, to look after, but it's, it's not. It's great. It's great. It's brilliant stuff. Can I, I remember Alex back in the day? Obviously, I mean, we talked about this on the show before. I mean, I'm your biggest fan. You're the coolest bass player of all time. But I always <laughs> used to admire your collection of cardigans. You, you're a, a man that was known for a cardigan back in the day. Do you still rock a woolen cardigan these days? Every time Blur get back together, I I, I, I try every combination of bass and amplifier, and every time every combination of top and trousers. And I always end up with, with a Fender Precision and an Ampeg stack and a pair of tight Levi's and, and a John Smedley cardigan. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And, and, you know, obviously you famously traded, uh, you know, rock and roll, you know, in Blur and stuff like that for a life on the farm. You just mentioned that you were a sheep farmer. I think I was kind of thinking you did. You were involved with cheese. Do you have to no, choose? I, do, I, I mean, I do make, I, I, I absolutely do, do, do make cheese. Um, yeah, yes, that, that, that takes up a... Uh, a lot of my time, but but uh, but you know this is the, the, the Cotswolds where we live. It's uh, first and foremost, it, it's kind of, it's sheep country. So I don't actually make any milk. Sheep's kind of what we do here. Mm. Sheep and music festivals. Actually, music festivals are the best crop you can have. Much more fun than uh, <coughs> messing about with food. Truth be told, I did find one sheep yesterday, Alex. I think it was called the Wiltshire Bighorn Sheep. Oh yeah. And I would have thought this is your rebellious oh. one. In that, what I found out about this one is that you didn't have to shear it. The wool just dropped off itself. And then it would be the birds who would pick up the wool. So it's almost as if this one type of sheep is opting out of the whole wool industry. <laughs> um, well, what we, you know, sheep are wonderful creatures. You can, you can get cheese out. You can get cheese. You know, sheep's milk cheese is fantastic stuff. The you know, meat's really good. Yeah. And, and you can make clothes out of them as well. They're kind of, you know, kind of one size fits all. Wonder, wonder creature, really. And very comfy bird's nest now, by the sounds of things. Lovely bird's nest. <laughs> Alex, what is, the, what is the least uh, rock and roll thing, then, you have done this week in your life as a farmer? Have you, is that something you've been doing? You think to yourself, man, this is a million miles away from the Reading Festival. <laughs> um, I've, I've very much enjoyed reading Mr Tickle to my, to my daughter. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. That, that was actually as much fun as headline in Glastonbury, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so where do we take Wool Week from here, Alex? So Richie and I are on board the Home Time Show on Absolute Radio. Do we do we need to get like a wear a wear a woolly jumper to, to work day going? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I just I just I get it. if you if you pull the woolen clothes like tend to last, they hold their shape, and and uh, you know I, I think investing in, in decent items of clothing is the way forward. They, you know they, they've got they've got a saying in Iceland, you, you can't trust the sweater until it's got a hole in it. You know, <laughs> I, th- I think we need we need to uh, yeah. 
think about the long term when right. he's dressing. Like, I'm, I'm wearing all the jumps I've had for 10 years. I love it. Well, a short-term commitment from us is that tomorrow will be Woolly Wednesday. Woolly Wednesday, <laughs> Alex. God bless you, darling. I'm sending you some cheese. Yes! <laughs> Great to have you on board. Alex James, thank you so much. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. The Home Time Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. Whatever decade station you're listening to this show via, I tell you what, it all means the same thing on a Tuesday night. It's the Tuesday Tombola. <laughs> It's radio at its most raw and unpredictable, and I just want to underline this. It's not just me and Richie doing this. We're all in this together. Yeah. We don't know what's going to come out of that gold box, and we've all got to come up with stuff that, that's to do with the subject. Exactly. So what happened was, once upon a time, Bush and I came up with 100 different discussion topics that you may want to phone or text with a good story about. Numbers 85 to 100 are a little bit ropey. It was a long day. <laughs> They're all in there. We don't know which ball is going to come out, because we're about to spin the tombola then we're all in it together we've got to got to work through the rest of this show this next 51 minutes of radio is a joint enterprise so please pull your weight first of all let's pull the tombola got a spin really I know, it, it just... didn't really work in with my phrase <laughs> <laughs> let's spin in together here we go right got to turn around to the hatch hopefully alex james from blur still tuned in still enjoying the show <laughs> okay one of the table tennis balls has come out. What number's on it, Richie? Uh, Bush, the number is number 64. Number 64. And that pertains to which particular topic? Famous family friends. Famous family friends. So, famous family friends. I don't care if you've got a famous family member. No. Not interested in that. <laughs> but if you've got a friend of the family that's famous, then that's what we want to hear about. I'm already looking forward to this. <laughs> I'm not sure we're going to need to chuck it in an incentive, but the best story over the next... 50 minutes, it's going to get a home time tea towel. Absolute radio. They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is the Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. So, ball number 64 has come out of the Tuesday Tombola, which dictates that for the rest of the show, we want your stories about famous family friends. Famous family friends. And Adam in Norfolk gets us underway. My mum used to go tap dancing with Ross Kemp's parents. <laughs> what? Where do we go from here? That's a cracking story, that, isn't it? Ross Kemp's mum and dad. I mean, if, if Adam ends up winning the tea towel, then we haven't gone very far. Well, this but... is it. This is the equivalent of, like, that famous Champions League final. We're essentially putting the ribbons on Adam's tea towel there, but maybe you could snatch it off him with a better story. Sarah's coming with this. Guys, I used to be a childminder who was friends with Janet Ellis from Blue Peter. I babysat her daughter, Sophie Ellis-Bexter... And once I wiped her bum when she was a baby. Oh, isn't that nice? What a wow. start we've got off to, Richie. This is what I love with the Tuesday Tombola. You never know where it's going to take us. 8, 12, 15, please. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Famous family friends, the topic tonight, that's what you need to uh, get in touch with us about. Warren says, my dad's cousin is Johnny Morris, who was Michael Caine's stand-in in The Italian Job. 
Hold on a minute. <laughs> is that Johnny Morris, as in Animal Magic? Surely not. <laughs> it can't be. If that turns out to be true, that's just a game changer. It's one of the most amazing showbiz stories of all time. Uh, we are playing, of course, for a hometown tea towel. Have you got a story that's going to clinch the tea towel tonight? Steve in East London says, My mum went to school with the lead singer of the Kinks. She met him years later at a party where he denied ever knowing her, causing a weird scene, which is really embarrassing. <laughs> oh, an awful story. Well, that's awful. It taints the Waterloo sunset, doesn't it? It really, you know, you, you hear him singing that, you think, oh, you mean beggar. <laughs> uh, right, Leah, astonish us with your famous family friend. <laughs> what is going on there? <laughs> wow. Yet, apparently, I'm in a drag race. It does sound like <laughs> it. We just want to hear. We want to hear about your famous family friends, not the uh, the race in the background. Yeah. yeah I know, right. Uh, well, it's not even a family friend of mine. It's an uncle of a friend. So I think that counts. Yeah, yeah, who yeah, is go it? On, go Tell on. us the story. Well, I turned up for uh, her twenty-first, and basically, she was telling her um, friend, like, keep it cool, don't say anything embarrassing, just you know. But it's just Uncle Lee, and I'm thinking, right, okay, so she may just have some form of crush. Anyway, Lee Mack turns up. Oh, so Lee Mack is Uncle Lee. Wow. Yes, he is, yeah. The the joker of the family, clearly. But I I don't really, I I knew I recognised him, and we were in the buffet line, and I just thought, like, oh, yeah, you were all right in back of the week. And he just looks at me like, but... I wasn't in that. Um, <laughs> I remember it was quite like you, but he does sort of look like David Mitchell, so I just sort of left it at that, just walked off and let him think over that one, really. Wow, so you've kind of got unfinished beef with Lee Mack because you thought he was David Mitchell. I, I have, yeah. Sorry about that. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. By the power of a technology that Richie and I fundamentally do not understand... You can choose the decade of music you listen to whilst the show is on. Good to have you on board. Uh, Meanwhile, every Tuesday, as you all know, we do a thing called Tombola Tuesday. And the ball that's been spouted this evening is ball number 64, which pertains to... Famous family friends. Famous family friends. Ryan Hastings says his brother is currently on tour drumming for Midjure. Get out of town. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not doubting Ray. That is unbelievable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Great work. Uh, Victoria is uh, hanging on. Victoria, tell us about the famous family friend then. Um, Isaac, yeah. My son started at uh, Birmingham University uh, three years ago, two years ago, mm-hmm. and he... He was on his course, his maths course, doing a maths degree. Mm. And it was the year the bus leading up to when he had this massive finale in this, you know, season eight. And so he had to leave to concentrate on filming. Oh, hang but on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Who's, 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 the, actual, um, who's the actual famous family friend? Bram Stark. <gasps> so that, right. So sorry, you, you you just referred to Isaac. I'm thinking, okay, Isaac. Who is this Isaac? Yeah, that's that's a massive character. Yes. And so they hang out and they they meet up in. Um, you was meeting up in um, where's the drink Guinness uh, Island Dublin. This is. I tell you what. This is a cracking mum story. This one, isn't it? It's a, you, you are telling a great mum story. It's a brilliant mum story. Yes. And I'm like. Toby, Toby, let me talk to Isaac. And he's like, oh, Mum. But Isaac's like, OK, OK, I'll talk to your mum. It's like, OK. They're like, hey, how are you? Hi, hi, wow. 
Wow. It's just like, yeah, totally. I'm t- it's totally cool. Have you managed to get any stuff to do with Game of Thrones because of your son's connection to Dan Stark? I tried. My friend of mine, she works for Barnabas, at, you know, the St. Hospice Barnabas thing, mm-hmm. and she has these pop-up shots. And I was like, look, Isaac, it's all for charity. You know, can you please sort of just do a little something? He's like, oh, I'll try, I'll try. But then he didn't. He didn't. But... Toby did manage to sort of stand next to um, him who plays the main character. <laughs> I mean, it's, I feel like we're in a quiz now. Um, Kit Harrington. Kit, Kit Harrington, yeah, him. Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. like, he's, he's like, he was like, oh, I just stood next to Kit and we're just like chilling out and stuff. Oh, <laughs> Victoria, we've been blessed to talk to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. I hope it's sort of, you know, good, a good story. I, I'm like, yeah, I'm like nearly famous just because my son hangs out with, you know, Isaac Hampstead White. I tell you what, have a tea towel. <laughs> have yourself a tea towel. <laughs> Thank you, that's so cool. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute Radio. What um, is the name for your game? I don't know, I'm not very good at like coming up with names for stuff. Because, like, change it up, which we can play right now if you want. Change it up. Let's have a little go. OK, uh, oh, yeah, all right. It's just full of games, this uh, little podcast. I'm hearing pound coins in there. I'm hearing pound coins. Okay, give us a number. Two pound fifty six pence. One, two, three, <sighs> twenty, thirty, five, six, seven. What's that mean? It means it's wrong. It means I'm wrong. One, two, two. three, twenty, uh, ten, twenty, thirty, five. <laughs> Three pound thirty-seven. I think three pound thirty-seven. I'm not that far off. <laughs> I'm within within ninety p. It's the golden ninety. Yeah. So that's uh, that's change it up. Look, we've come up with some games tonight on this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed them. Hope you've enjoyed the show as well. Uh, if you tummy got, tunes, tummy tunes. That's what you could call it. Tummy tunes. Yeah. There you go. If you come up with a game, let us know. Cool. Home time at absoluteradio.co.uk. <laughs> If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie.